This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. Okay, so welcome to this week's episode of Conversations with Jeff. I'm really excited. We've got uh, David Byrne as our guest this week, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Ronald Reagan, but he's a professor over at California Baptist University in Santa Monica College, and welcome and glad we could sit down and have this conversation. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, of course. And so what? So I, I kind of want to get right into it a little bit, but so you wrote the book on, on Ronald Reagan, an intellectual biography. What caused you to be interested in writing on this topic? Well, you know, my, my background is in intellectual history, Jeff. That's what I specialize in. That's what most of my research is in. Uh, intellectual history is the history of ideas and thought. It's a lot of philosophy, um, a lot of political ideas. And, you know, I was reading some of Reagan's writings, some of his letters, which were published about eight or nine years ago. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, this guy has some significant ideas. He really is a significant thinker. And I was started reading some of his speeches back in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, they, they led me to believe that, well, you know, Reagan is a more profound thinker than he's usually given credit for. He had some significant and original ideas that really influenced American history, modern day conservatism. And I thought to myself, you know, more Americans really need to learn that Ronald Reagan was an idea man first and foremost. Yeah, for sure. And it's and what so, you know, and I, I was kind of telling you before we jumped on here as well, is that, you know, there's, you know, people like me and my generation of millennials and that sort of thing. We didn't necessarily grow up with Ronald Reagan. And right. so what are some of those kinds of ideals that he was promoting and he was coming up with that were kind of unique to him at that time? Well, Reagan really helped turn conservatism into a movement that favored freedom first and foremost. Um, before Reagan, conservatism was kind of more an aristocratic movement, a movement that kind of resisted any sort of change. But what Reagan said is that we as conservatives, we favor freedom and we need to spread freedom. And sometimes this even means involving change, you know, maybe lowering taxes or spreading freedom to the Soviet Union. So one of Reagan's you know, hallmark ideas, which still exists today among modern day conservatives, is this idea that freedom is the foremost value. Of course, not as foremost as God, but at least in this world, in this lifetime, freedom is what we need to spread. Freedom is what everything is what everyone deserves first and foremost. Yeah, of course. And and I think and I think especially where we are right now, obviously freedom is really, you know, lacking in the sense of people's ideals and what they're pushing, what they're promoting. And I feel yeah. like even to a certain certain degree on both sides of the aisle, a lot of times it's well, we're going to push our ideals, and we're going to push right. our ideals, and we're going to try right. to cram that down your throat. So it's, I think, if we had some more of that Ronald Reagan ideals of freedom, I feel like we could really, I guess, make our country a lot better. I think absolutely, Jeff. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, of course, you know, a lot of these ideas you're expressing now, you know, they, they come from Reagan. You know, Reagan said by by spreading freedom to everyone, you know, both Republicans and Democrats, this is a way to make our society in America a better place. Yeah. Mm -hmm, for sure. And so. When we're talking about Ronald Reagan, we're talking about what influenced him. What was what were some of his primary influences in his belief in conservatism? 
Well, of course, you know, you, you cannot separate his Christian background, his Christian heritage from Ronald Reagan. Um, Reagan basically came from the evangelical movement. His, he's really taught religion, Christianity by his mother, Nell. And really what Reagan did is he instilled this, these religious ideas, these Christian ideas really into his political philosophy. For example, one of the things I try to show in my book is that he, how even Reagan's political ideas, his ideas about trying to bring down the Soviet Union, um, to some degree descend from Christianity. Not just the sense that you know communism is atheist, therefore it's bad, but one of the hallmarks of Christianity is that it's a universal religion that we as Christians should try to spread around the world. Well, Reagan applied this to his political philosophy, specifically these ideas of freedom that we've already discussed. And significantly, he even tried to spread freedom around the world, very significantly, even to the Soviet Union. So whereas a lot of other conservatives were content with merely containing communism, what Reagan said is, no, 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 we need to end communism. We need to spread freedom to the Soviet Union because freedom, much like God, is universal. Everyone wants freedom. Uh, it doesn't matter what culture you are, what race you are, what gender you are, if you're rich or poor. Everyone deserves freedom, just like we all need God. So Reagan really uh, applied these, these Christian ideas about the universal faith to his political ideas about democracy being a universal political system. Right, for sure. And, and I feel like a lot of times when Christians are looking at politics and, you know, being active within the political realm, a lot of times we feel like it's to push our specific you know, biblical beliefs onto the rest of the world. But it sounds like you're saying that he was more, let's push freedom and then let people kind of make their own decisions. Exactly right. You know, let's push democracy. And, you know, Reagan specifically said, you know, once people have democracy, whatever kind of political system or leader they want to vote in, you know, whether it be a socialist or whatever, you know, that's okay. But first we have to, you know, we have to let these other people have democracy. And then, you know, they might choose different forms of government, but that's up to them. But they all deserve democracy, Reagan said. Right, for sure. And I, and I feel like right now, and you were kind of talking about communism and things like that, and right now, especially even in our country, we're talking about a lot about socialism and that right. sort of thing. Right. Was that was that something with socialism that he was dealing with back in his day, or was it strictly more communism outside of the country? Well, I think with outside of the country, definitely communism. Within the United States, what Reagan really feared was a rising socialist threat, which you could even argue to some day – to some degree even exists today because what happened is that after World War II, the Democratic Party changed the composition. As you may know, Ronald Reagan began his political career as a Democrat. He loved FDR. He looked at FDR the same way a lot of Republicans look at Reagan today. Um, you know, he worshipped FDR. But what happened is that after World War II, a lot of Marxists from Europe came to the United States. A lot of Marxists from Germany came to the United States, and they kind of added a socialist vein to the Democratic Party, which we still see today. And Reagan feared this, and this is really what prompted Reagan, at least partly, to leave the Democratic Party, is this rising socialist thought in left-wing circles that, like we said, still exist today, really begins to enter the Democratic Party in the 30s and 40s. And this is really what scared Reagan. Yeah, for sure. And and so when we're looking at Reagan and what some of the things he was dealing with, we so we know he was dealing with, you know, communism, socialism, some as well. What were some of the other issues that he was having to tackle in his day? Well, certainly, you know, there, there were student riots in Berkeley, which you're probably familiar with. You know, Reagan was governor of California. Um, of course, all the student protests. Um, you know, of course, there was the Vietnam War in the 70s, which which Reagan, you know, really had mixed feelings about. You know, on one hand, Reagan supported the ends of the Vietnam War, which, of course, were to, you know, keep communism from spreading to, to Vietnam. Um, but, you know, Reagan... Reagan never really liked war. He never really supported, you know, killing people. Um, but, you know, so he had mixed feelings about Vietnam. So I'd say the Vietnam War, the student protests, 
Um, really just encroaching government was important to Reagan that, you know, that this idea that government is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, meaning more socialism. And for Reagan, what this big government meant is that it weakens the people. We, a, a big government for Reagan, Jeff, weakens you and I, Reagan said. So therefore, you know, if we want a powerful people, if we want a powerful, ordinary people, we need to shrink the size of government. So that was another big issue. You know, the Great Society, which I'm sure you're familiar with in the 1960s, you know, LBJ began expanding government. And Reagan really feared this. And that was critical to Reagan, too, this, this expanding government. Right, for sure. And, and I feel like, you know, Ever since, especially ever since Reagan, we've see, we've seen the government getting bigger and bigger right. and bigger. Republicans and conservatives keep citing Ronald Reagan as their hero and their hero, but right. for whatever reason, it's like they're not wanting to implement this small government right. um, ideal. I mean, is is this something that that you think that we could get back to, or that? were able to or is it just so big and so massive yeah, so apparently you know as you know you know george w bush expanded government as you probably know even donald trump you know de debts are still growing and even under reagan as you probably know you know the federal deficit grew too that was mainly because reagan was investing heavily in the military as his means to fight the cold war but you know you know if you count military spending government even grew under reagan and i think realistically you know maybe the best we can do is just kind of slow the growth of government um, yeah, but it seems like, as you note, it's very difficult to somehow stop it. You know, Reagan preached it, but it's easier said than done. Right, for sure. And, you know, and I think also as well, you're kind of mentioning the Cold War and military and that sort of thing. You know, right now there's, you know, big debate among, you know, politicians of should we spend more money in the military? Should we not? Should we, should we be involved in foreign affairs? Should we not? What was what was his take on all that kind of stuff? Reagan had an interesting view on that, at least for the time. You know, keep in mind that you know, right after the, the Vietnam War, a lot of Americans turned inward. Um, they embraced isolationism. Today, as you know, you know, there's a branch of even conservatives who say we need to keep out of world affairs. You know, we don't want to get involved in the Middle East. We don't want to get involved in these other world affairs. You know, it's kind of turned inward, an isolationist sentiment. But Reagan said, no, no, no. Yes, you know, we've just lost the Vietnam War. Yes, it was a disaster. But that doesn't mean we need to retreat because the Cold War is still raging. We need to fight this Cold War, Reagan said. So he said we need to be activists in the world. And again, he used his Christian faith. You know, like, like the Bible says, we can't be passive in the face of evil. We have to fight evil. And as you know, Ronald Reagan called the Soviet Union an evil empire. And we as Christians, we as a Christian nation in the United States, we need to fight this evil empire. We cannot be passive. We cannot be isolationist. Um, you know, we need to increase our military spending because that shows the communists that we Americans, in fact, are strong. So Reagan really rejected any sort of isolationist sentiment that was growing in the wake of Vietnam and preached internationalism, preached activism. Mm -hmm, for sure. And so it, when, when he's trying to decide, OK, do, like obviously we get involved with the Cold War, we get involved with certain things. But when he's trying to decide, OK, what's worthy of that? Because, I mean, you look in countries in Africa and South America and things like that. There's some horrible tragedies. But right. for whatever reason, America doesn't get involved. What right. what's he looking at as like a deciding factor of when I, do we I think get at involved? The time of the Cold War was just such a big issue, and also he recognized one of the significant things about Reagan is that he recognized the, the faults and the futilities and the weaknesses of the Soviet Union, you know, in the late 1970s, early 1980s. So he, unlike most Americans, even you know many 
highly educated people, Reagan recognized that the Soviet Union was weak. And if we, the United States, embrace the right policies, we can actually end communism. So I think he just saw a golden opportunity to end communism, and he was really the right man at the right time. And I think, you know, just that opportunity, the weakness he saw in communism, that if we see a weakness, we need to exploit it and further weaken it. And that's really what he applied to the Soviet Union. Yeah, for sure. And then, so, that, so then when we're, when we're looking at, you know, socialism, and we've got, you know, you know, virtually every single Democratic candidate right now that's running right. is essentially promoting socialism. Right. What, what are we What are we supposed to be looking at if we're looking if we're applying Reagan's principles and we're looking at these guys? What's What's the best strategy or what's the best way to articulate our position? I think what Reagan would say is that socialism weakens us as people. Um, it takes away our freedom. It is elitist. And it, it, it's, it's not really – socialism really isn't for the people. What Reagan said is socialist is for those who have the power in government. Um, you know, naming the politician you just mentioned, socialism means more power for them. Socialism means more power for Washington, D.C. Uh, under socialism, right, we give our money to the politicians in Washington, D.C., and they distribute it. They redistribute it according to their wants. And, you know, we're kind of left behind, Reagan would say, and it really weakens us as people. It takes away our freedom. And if you really want a free and strong nation, if you really want a free and strong citizenship, you need to oppose socialism because socialism just takes from you and weakens you, Reagan said. Yeah, for sure. And then also, like the other side of that, I think, too, as well, is that, you know, again, because we're so polarized right now and looking back, we see Ronald Reagan as a polarizing figure because he is extremely conservative and that sort of thing. But at the same time, he did actually get things done. He did actually accomplish things. How how do we what what was he doing back then that we're not doing now? Oh, I think Reagan, at least unlike Trump, you know, Reagan was a very um, charming and fairly amiable person. Um, you know, in some ways he and Trump are similar, but, it, you know, their personalities are diametrically opposed, right? Reagan was a smooth talker. Um, he was very friendly with the Democrats in Congress. He didn't really personally attack people like Trump does. And because of that, he was able to earn more more respect for the Democrats in Congress and consequently earn their support for many of his policies. So I think Reagan was really able to reach across party lines much more successfully than Trump was. And because of this, you know, he was even able to advance uh, some right-wing policies, like you noted. Yeah, yeah for sure. And it, but I, th- I, th- I think what's interesting is that, you know, like when we're looking at politics, it's like any any compromise is seen as a weakness or, is it, or it's seen as a loss. Right. What was his view on that? Was he looking Reagan at it was, like that's Reagan a victory? Or? Compromise. Yeah, he was always able to compromise. He recognized that sometimes to, to get a lot, sometimes you have to give a little. So Reagan never really viewed at least people in black or white terms. He certainly viewed you know the Soviet Union in black or white terms, but you know people, Democrats, Republicans, you know he, he never really viewed people on the other side of the spectrum as evil. Um, and you know people. And, and because of that, he was more respectful for people. And because of that, you know, he was more willing to compromise. Yeah, Reagan absolutely was willing to compromise. Mm, for sure. And so, you know, when we're looking at, you know, Reagan and his influence over modern conservatism and Republican Party and, you know, that sort of thing, what are some of the things that you're seeing now that is a direct result from Ronald Reagan? Well, I think first, first and foremost is this idea that conservatives, you know, promote freedom. And we even see that in the Republican candidates today. You know, all Republicans today want freedom. So I think that's that's one aspect of Reagan that we still see today. And Reagan really crystallized the idea that we've already touched upon, which socialism takes away your freedom. Because what Reagan said is you can't control the economy without controlling the people. So the more control the government has over the economy, the more the government controls us. And these are really ideas that really begin with Ronald Reagan, um, these, at least in the political realm, these ideas that you know conservatives, we support freedom. And by supporting freedom, 
our economic system is capitalism. So these are, you know, these sound kind of commonplace to us today. And, you know, you say, well, of course, you know, Republicans support freedom. But, you know, Jeff, you know, 60, 70 years ago, that wasn't necessarily the way it, it was. It's really Reagan's influence on conservatism today. Yeah, for sure. And so, so again, we're looking, we're looking at freedom. We're looking at what, you know, what Reagan was supporting, what conservatives what conservatism is supposed to be supporting. Now there's, there's also the branch of libertarianism, which a lot of people would say would be kind of an extreme freedom. So where would he fall on the lines of conservatism, libertarianism? That's a great question. You know, of course, on economic issues, you know, he was certainly lean, you know, somewhat libertarian. But again, you know, we can't take him to the extreme and say, well, you know, Ronald Reagan didn't believe in any government. You know, that's that's, of course, not true. He certainly believed in, in government, but limited government. So on economic issues, you know, he kind of sided with, with the libertarians. And of course, you know, on social issues, you know, he you know, like Christians, you know, we recognize that, you know, freedom doesn't just mean doing, you know, whatever you want, whenever you want. And Reagan recognized that, too, that, you know, that, that social freedom doesn't just mean, you know, doing whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. So, you know, he he, he was a little more nuanced in his social ideas about freedom. Um, you, know, so, you know, for Reagan, like any Christian, you know, the good life is more that than just doing whatever makes you happy in that certain specific moment. So Reagan recognized that too. Right, for sure. Where, where was where was he on when it comes to like legislating morality? You know, like we're dealing with, you know, everything from homosexuality to abortion to you know, any number of issues. Where yeah, was he when it comes to that? You know, obviously, Reagan was very pro-life. Um, but significantly, as you may know, he did sign a bill which liberalized abortion in California in the 1960s. Um, what happened was that Reagan was told, well, you know, if, if, if the health of the mother is in risk – then abortion will be allowed, legalized in California. What Wagan didn't recognize is that, um, you know, you can rationalize that the mother's health is at risk in any, you know, pregnancy. So because that was kind of a loophole that some people exploited, which really led to an explosion of abortions in California. Um, but Reagan always regretted, you know, signing that bill. In terms of homosexuality, um, you know, Reagan, Reagan had homosexual friends. Um, he, you know, of course, gay marriage wasn't really an issue at that time. But Reagan certainly didn't really hate any group of people. Um, you know, it's difficult to say where he would have been on the gay marriage issue. I support he probably to some degree might have even supported it. There actually was an issue in the late 1970s where um, it was debated whether homosexuals should be able to teach in public schools in the state of California. And Reagan actually cited with the idea that homosexuals should be able to teach uh, public schools because Reagan, his reason was that, you know, if they are homosexual, they won't, you know, just because they're teaching doesn't mean they'll impose their homosexual views on others. So Reagan might have been a little, little more liberal on the homosexual issue too. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and what, do you, how, how much of this do you think would fall under his uh, freedom and liberty side versus Absolutely. legislating morality. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, Reagan, you know, he did believe in personal liberty. So yeah, I think, you know, you're definitely right. It, it does come from that. So, yeah. And, and I, th- and I think, I think in all reality, looking at it from like the Christian perspective, I feel like a lot of times we see that just because something is legal doesn't mean that it's moral. Uh, and exactly. a lot of times we want to implement our morals into the legal exactly. system yeah, as yeah. opposed to allowing true. people to make that decision for themselves. Right. Now we've talked a little bit about, you know, like Donald Trump and, you know, things like that. Do you do you feel like Ronald Reagan paved the way for Donald Trump? Some degree, absolutely. Because what what Trump did, you know, Trump has ran as a populist, right? And he's really harnessed this populism, and it's really Reagan that turned the Republican Party into a populist party. Because before Reagan, you know, before Reagan, we're talking, you know, before the 1950s, you know, the 1800s, the early 1900s, conservatism was an elitist movement. Conservatives favored aristocracy. But what Ronald Reagan said is that, you know. 
we as conservatives, we oppose socialism because we want freedom for the masses. So really what Reagan said is that socialists, they are elitists. They want to control everything. We conservatives, we're populists. We are for the people. We conservatives. And so he helped turn conservatives, the Republican Party, into a populist party because he contrasted it with the Democrats, who he said are a bunch of socialist elitists who want to control the entire economy on their own. So he really helped turn the Republican Party into a populist party. And Trump kind of played into this sentiment that, you know, the, you know, you have you have the elitist. Right. You know, Ronald Reagan ran against elitism, too. But his elitism was socialism. So Ronald Reagan was an anti-elitist. Uh, Donald Trump was an anti-elitist, at least in theory, and that's really something that Trump inherited from Reagan. Mm-hmm. Now, how did how did Reagan, if you're, you know, whether he did or not, I'm not entirely sure. Again, I was like two years old or whatever when he was still around. But so when he when you're talking about elitism, right? So I feel like both sides typically are are launching that accusation at the other. Right. You know, the Democrats are saying the Republicans are elitist because they're a bunch of rich business owners, right. and then vice versa with them with wanting to run the government. How did he? handled that kind of that kind of tactic um reagan said that you know well you know the rich businessmen the, the capitalists you know they, they help make our nation you know wealth you know give these people freedom give the rich you know capitalists freedom and they will invent things you know they will make us rich so reagan said you know the, the reason america is such a rich nation is because we give the, these capitalists wealth and freedom and they use this freedom to invent things to create things and of course, you know, Reagan believed in what today is called a trickle-down theory of economics, which means you know the people at the top create things, they invent things, they get wealthy, and it trickles down to the rest of us. So that's what Reagan would have said: is, you know, it's okay to give these you know rich capitalists freedom because that's what makes other people wealthy. So yeah, for sure. And then, is there is there what what contrast would you give with Reagan to Trump? Because you know. There's yeah. a lot of similarities, but what are some of the exactly. contexts? And that is a difference, too. Certainly Trump is not the free market economic libertarian that Reagan was. Uh, Trump, you know, something like NAFTA, for example, which Trump has railed against to some degree was a Reagan idea. Again, free trade between, you know, America, uh, Mexico and Canada, all this free trade. So that, you know, that's a Reagan idea. And that's something that Trump has opposed. So, yeah, their economic philosophies, Trump and Reagan, they are rather different. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, and again, when we're talking about like Donald Trump, we're talking about like some of the things that he stands for, you know, whether it's um, topics on like illegal immigration or it's, you know, whatever that is, is that is that something that would go along with what Ronald Reagan was for or go against what he was? That's a good question, Jeff, because as you may know, Reagan signed an, uh, an, an amnesty act in 1986, which granted almost three million illegal aliens who had been here, I think, roughly four or five years amnesty if they applied for it. At the time, it was very controversial. And today, you know, it still is a very controversial idea. But Reagan technically did sign a bill which granted amnesty to almost three million illegal immigrants. Now, keep in mind, that was contingent upon part of this bill, too, was that we will strengthen border security. So Reagan certainly supported border security, too. Um, so, you know, I, I think Ronald Reagan, for example, would have supported building a wall, you know, because he, he wanted border security. But at the same time, Reagan did grant amnesty for roughly three million illegal illegal immigrants in the United States. I think part of Reagan's reasoning for this, is, as we kind of already touched upon, is that everyone deserves freedom. And in Reagan's ideal world, you know, everyone, whether it be Mexico or Canada or the Soviet Union or Iraq, you know, everyone deserves freedom. And by allowing these, giving these illegal immigrants citizenship, you're allowing them the freedom that we all want, we all deserve. So. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you, do you feel like that he would, looking back on his deal on amnesty, do you think he would see that as a success or a mistake? That's a great question. You know, Reagan historians, Reagan biographers, even today, you know, in in 2019, kind of debate, you know, what would Reagan see 
uh, as his amnesty act 30 years later. And, um, I tend to, I think, you know, it, he would have had mixed feelings about it. You know, certainly he did like that the 3 million aliens, you know, were, were granted illegal, I'm sorry, legal residency, but you know, what, what became of these 3 million people, you know, that's difficult to say. Certainly the border wasn't, certainly the border wasn't enforced the way he wanted it. So yeah, I think he really would have had mixed feelings about that bill today. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, you, when you were saying earlier, you were talking about him and dealing with, uh, you know, when he switched from being a Democrat to Republican, there is that kind of, there is that comparison with Donald Trump and how he's essentially switched from being Democrat to Republican. Um, what, was it strictly the, you know, just the communism side that made him switch or was it something else in general? There were, there were many reasons, Jeff, you know, is, is the mark as German Marxists began entering the democratic party and began influencing the democratic party. Part of it was, uh, the socialist aspects, but it was the secularism too. Um, even, you know, to some degree, atheism, now, it's certainly not correct to call all Democrats atheists, but most of them are very secular today. And that really began, again, with the German socialists, the German Marxists who came here. They added a new vein to the Democratic Party because before, you know, the 1930s, the 1940s, the Democratic Party wasn't a secular party. You know, FDR wasn't completely secular. Um, you know, Truman, you know, th these were not completely secular people. But as this began to burgeon in the 50s and 60s, it really – the secularism too began to turn Reagan away from the Democratic Party. Also – you know, related to the Democratic Party really stopped being the party of patriotism. Um, as we know today, you know, even the modern Democratic Party, they certainly aren't as patriotic as the Republican Party. And again, it's the same reasoning. A lot of Marxist, communist, socialists came from Europe to the United States in the 30s and 40s, and they kind of added a new way of thinking to the Democratic Party. So both the secularism, uh, the opposition to any sort of patriotism, uh, that are part of the Democratic Party today. These two turned Reagan off to the Democratic Party, you know, made him a conservative. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, you know, I feel like, you know, to a certain degree, it, historically, at least Democrats used to pretend to be patriotic and that sort of thing. But then, you know, looking at it today, it's like you hardly see any of that at all. What do you think is right. leading to that more in the modern in the modern sense? Right, correct, absolutely, yeah, and you, I think you could argue the Democratic Party, you know, gets less and less patriotic, you know, every ten years. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. And so you know, look at looking at Reagan and looking at Donald Trump. What would Reagan have thought of Trump himself? That's a great question. You know, certainly Reagan would have supported Trump once he received the Republican nomination. Reagan would not have been, you know, some of the conservatives, you know, like George Will, and there's a guy named Max Boot, and these other, you know writing conservatives who just consistently lambast Trump, who say, you know, we shouldn't vote for Trump. You know, Trump is just the worst human ever. Certainly Reagan would not have been a part of that camp. Um, he, he always supported, he would have supported Trump against Hillary Clinton, for example, um, even though if he would have had personal issues. So Reagan didn't really, you know, to see Trump, he would have seen Trump the way that a lot of other conservatives see Trump. Now, that doesn't mean he would have embraced everything he stood for, of course. Um, you know, I, like I said, there's differences between him and illegal immigration. There's differences between Trump and their economic policies. But on the other hand, Trump has advanced a very pro-life agenda, which Reagan would have liked. Trump has advanced very conservative, has supported very conservative Supreme Court justices, which Reagan would have liked. So I think Reagan really would have mixed feelings. You know, one thing, another difference, Reagan... He really, you know, respected the office of the presidency, and I don't know if that can really be said for someone like Trump, um, at least not the same degree Reagan. So certainly Reagan would have not liked his, you know, impetuous uh, attitudes, his actions. Um, he certainly, you know, Reagan certainly would have would not have been tweeting the things that Trump tweets, for example. Right. So I think Reagan really would have had, you know, mixed feelings about Trump's. So, yeah. Right, for sure. And so what what are some of those economic policies that you're mentioning that you think that Reagan would have would have probably opposed? 
uh, Donald Trump's on? Well, you know, th- there's there's Trump's ideas about you know re- refixing parts of NAFTA, renegotiating parts of NAFTA. Um, you know, Trump hasn't always been the most free market capitalist. Of course, he did cut c- corporate tax rates, which is something that you know Reagan would have liked. So I think you know, there's there's a couple issues again, like the NAFTA issue that, that Reagan might have opposed Trump on. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. And then so like when you're when you're talking to you know like people like me who didn't necessarily experience or see Ronald Reagan ourselves and that sort of thing, what are some of the things that we should be looking at for him that we should be applying to today when we're looking at framing our worldview? I think again, you know, emphasizing freedom, emphasizing that socialism really takes away your freedoms. Like Reagan said, uh, you can't control the economy without controlling the people. So the more power that the government has over the economy, the more power the government has over us. And it's by shrinking government, it's by reducing taxes that we really empower freedom. And I think you know that's that's one of Reagan's ideas that conservatives can still use today to combat uh, left wing ideas. Yeah, for sure. And then what what were some of the ways that he articulated that to the public um, and to get get those ideals across? He said a lot of the same things that I said. You know, he tried to frame it in, in a populist way um, that, you know, if, if we want freedom, we need to oppose big government. And, you know, all the, our liberal friends may be well-intentioned, Reagan said, you know, really all these ideas are doing are taking us one step closer to totalitarianism. They're taking us one step closer to communism. And none of us want a totalitarian communist system. So therefore, we need to oppose these ideas. Because Reagan said, that, you know, it's a slippery slope, right? Once the government starts taking control of one section of the economy, it's very hard to get it back to the people. It's very hard to take away something from the government once government gets its hands on it so we need to stop it you know as quickly and as soon as we can right for sure and and so you know and again when we're talking about like donald trump we're talking about uh we're talking about ronald reagan and what they believe and and their differences and their similarities and that sort of thing when you're looking at just like even just their their demeanor and the way that they spoke and the way that they articulated themselves what are some of the similarities or differences there yeah, obviously the differences are very striking there, Jeff. You know, Reagan was a very smooth talker. Reagan actually wrote, you know, most of his speeches before becoming president. But even, you know, when he didn't have his own speeches, Reagan was a very, uh, very clean, very clear, very articulate speaker. Like I said, he was not nearly as impetuous as Trump was. Uh, Reagan was also very optimistic, right? You know, Reagan famously said, you know, America's best days are ahead of us. This too, I think, comes from his Christian background. You know, Reagan always believed that there was become there will be a day when you know God comes and Jesus comes and, and saves the world. And Reagan was always looking forward to this day. And then this is something else he applied to his political philosophy that you know the, the world will one day become a good and, and, and wonderful place. Trump, on the other hand, he was a little more pessimistic. You know, you know the, the evil. You know that that that. America is struggling right now. Um, so I think it's the optimism versus the pessimism is another way to compare and contrast Reagan and Trump. Yeah, and, that, and that's an interesting perspective, especially when you're looking at, you know, Reagan, you know, actually having faith and that sort of thing, whereas Donald Trump, more than likely 99% not. Um, right. but, it, but in what ways was Christianity a direct influence on some of his, like, policy decisions and things like that? Right. Well, certainly, you know, Reagan actually wrote um, a short pamphlet called Abortion in the Conscience of a Nation. So, you know, at, at, during his time as presidency, or obviously before that, but he's very pro-life. You know, he always looked for supreme um, just judges who are pro-life, not just at the federal level, but across um, across the the, at all levels of the judiciary. Reagan was always a big proponent of prayer, for example. Um, Reagan was a big proponent, you know, of prayer in schools. So I think, you know, Reagan 
you know, believed in the power of prayer, of course, and that was something else that's very important to him. And he tried to spread, like I said, prayer in public schools. So those are a couple other issues that Reagan applied his Christianity to. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, totally. And so, you know, just just kind of wrapping up a little bit as well. But you know, when when again, we're looking at. You know, when we're looking at how we're going to apply Reagan, we're looking at what we're going to do next. We're looking at this next upcoming election and and that sort of thing. I feel like we're looking at Donald Trump versus essentially a socialist. They're probably going to be duking it out, fighting it out, whatever it is. As Christians and as conservatives, how do we be like the the rational voice in that whole conversation leading up to this next election? I think from a Christian perspective is, you know, God gave us our freedom. You know, Reagan said that. For Reagan, God and freedom are inexorably bound. You know, God gave us free will. So our freedom ultimately comes from God. So, you know, when we oppose socialism, when we oppose policies that take away our freedoms, really, you know, it's it's an offense to God. So I think, you know, that's the way Reagan saw things. I think, you know, that's the way something the modern day conservative could look at things, too, is, you know, just, you know, God gave us freedom. God gave us free will. And God wants us to be free. God wants America to be free. You know, Reagan said, Basically, that American freedom are kind of one together. God, American freedom, they all go hand in hand in hand. And if you remove just one of those, you know, everything else collapses. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Totally. And so, you know, I really thank you for, you know, sitting down and we can just have this chat because I feel I feel like it's really important for people to, you know, understand history, not only for how to avoid mistakes, but also how to repeat the successes and that sort of thing. So. Absolutely, Jeff. Yeah, thanks. And the name of my book is Ronald Reagan, an intellectual biography. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at, at David Byrne at Reagan biography. Of course. And where, and where, and where, can, where can people buy your book? Uh, University of Nebraska Press or Amazon. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, again, I, I really appreciate you sitting down and we'll have to do it again sometime in the future. Absolutely, Jeff. Anytime. Thank you. Definitely. Thanks so much. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org.